Hello, everyone. This is Brennan Marcello sitting across the digital landscape of the Internet uh, from Michael Nizelik. This is the Auburn Undercover Podcast presented by WeHaveDonuts.com, D-O-U-G-H, Nuts.com. Gourmet donuts, they're beautiful, they're colorful. They're available in Birmingham. Go to WeHaveDonuts.com for more information. You can also get them delivered to Prevail Union Coffee Shops in Auburn and Montgomery. Good stuff. Good donuts. They even do special things for corporate events, such as donut walls. So um, that's one wall you can support being built. It, anyway, not to get political, I guess. Uh, so Auburn's headed to the SEC championship game. And uh, if you told me that uh, <laughs> October 15th, I would have said, no, nah. nope, no way. But here we are, Auburn won out after losing to LSU, and uh, man, they're they're looking they're looking legit, Michael. I mean, you beat two number one teams, and not only that, but they they beat them both by double digits. I mean, Alabama they had, Auburn had not beaten an Alabama team by more than ten points since 1969, and they won 26 to 14. And really, it probably should have been 29 14, maybe 33 14. Um, just a really dominant performance in the trenches for Auburn. And now they're going to Atlanta for a rematch against Georgia uh, in the SEC title game. Just Were you surprised by the the result in the Iron Bowl? Yeah, certainly, I think. Uh, I mean, I'd picked Alabama. Uh, I thought Jalen Hurts would do uh, a little more. Uh, and he was really shut down. Um, just shows you how good that front four is, really, and – you know, Kevin Steele said they didn't even really call many pressures, you know, blitzes. They just let them kind of go to work, go to town, and they certainly did. Um, just really surprised that they were able to shut him down as much as, as, as they did because I think that's where kind of the game was won. Um, I, I don't think it's all that surprising that uh, Auburn scored some points, I mean 26 points, uh, but uh, 14 for Alabama, man, that's uh, pretty good for Auburn's defense. Yeah, and considering that Alabama came in, you know, as you know, the number one, I think, scoring offense in the SEC, right? Uh, and Auburn was right behind them, and Auburn shut them down. I mean, really, maybe Alabama should have been held to seven points because that touchdown pass uh, in the first half, um, Jeremiah Denson, if he's just aware of where he is, he could have batted that down. Yeah, it looked like he almost stopped playing. Like he heard a whistle or something. He yeah, just yeah. sort of stopped. It was very strange. But um, yeah, I mean, the, and you know that one really the only time Alabama looked like Alabama was that first drive of the second half, and right. that was an outlier. Um, man, uh, strange stuff. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it was Alabama just getting away from that or Auburn took it away from them. But either way, I mean, credit Auburn's defense because yeah. what they did is similar to what they did to Georgia quarterback Jake Fromm. They just they just frustrated him, you know, and they forced Jalen Hurts to have to throw downfield, and that is not his strength. That is his weakness. And uh, I think Auburn uh, really uh, exposed Jalen Hurts uh, in that game Saturday night as far as his limitations um, more so than any um, other uh, team they faced this year, which is very interesting to me. 
Well, and you get a sense of just how fast the guys at the edge are. You know, they lost contain once or twice, but man, Jalen Hurts looked to run a couple of times and just had nowhere to go. And he's a fast, big guy. Um, just couldn't couldn't do anything. Yeah, and he's a guy that can. You know, well, like Jake Fromm, not gonna do that. But no. Jalen Hurts certainly can and wasn't able to. Just flat out wasn't able to. No. Uh, and as you said, that 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 stat uh, that Kevin Steele said uh, Sunday night was amazing. Uh, they only brought pressure outside that front four twice. Um, that, that's incredible. I mean, they, I mean, if I'm sure they would have blitzed more if Jalen Hurts wasn't mobile, but um, that just kind of shows you what they're capable of doing. Um, you know, going forward, you know, uh, whether it's the SC Championship game, a playoff game, or uh, a New Year's Six game at this point. Uh, Auburn, of course, guaranteed two more games. But uh, the big questions this week, of course, though, um, is, you know, everybody was celebrating the Iron Bowl, and then immediately Sunday morning everybody's wondering, is Carrion Johnson going to be okay? Auburn's star running back, he injured his shoulder uh, a couple times uh, in the second half, but the big one, of course, was late in the fourth quarter. Uh, stretched his arm out, he got slapped a little bit, and he immediately just kind of went down. He even put his arm out a little bit, like trying to tell an Alabama attacker, like, don't hit me, dude, I'm going down. Um, we talked to, interestingly enough, we talked to Carry on uh, Monday on a teleconference. Now, I wouldn't, if you're a fan, I wouldn't read into that thinking, okay, he talks, so he's going to play. Uh, I think the SEC had something to do with that it's just as far as... They could have given him a list of players that they were allowed to take. You know, we don't have any idea how he was picked, so that's right. kind of what you're into that, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, your leader on defense and your two top players on offense um, uh, is who we talked to. But carry on, kind of, you know, he danced around it a little bit. I'm sure the coaches have even said, hey, let's not give them too many details, but also... I was told Monday afternoon that even the coaches aren't sure yet if he's going to play, but there is confidence that he'll be fine to play Saturday. They just they just don't know, and they're not comfortable enough to even kind of think that. So they're preparing as if carry-on won't play just in case, but their hope is and their belief is that they, they will probably be able to get him back Saturday uh, is what I'm told. Now, obviously, if it's a shoulder thing and it's a stinger, um, that it just depends on how you feel when you wake up in the morning. We saw a Trey Williams, for example, you know, he missed a game or two. Then he comes back in, but he's limited. Um, he's not playing every snap at linebacker, although they rotate a lot of linebackers. So it's going to be interesting to see what Auburn does with carry on this week. My question is, uh, Michael is can Auburn beat Georgia without carry on Johnson on the field? Oh man. I think it'd be tough, right? Uh, he's just such a part of what they do. And uh, for the coaches, for the players, um, just how much of an imprint he's now has on this offense. I just hard, It's hard to envision uh, them and Georgia. You know, this is not just the first time they've met either. So uh, Georgia being able to kind of redo things and you'd lose carry on, I think it'd be tough. Yeah, I did an article Monday about Auburn's options behind carry-on. Of course, the top guy is Cam Martin, who injured his ankle a little bit, tweaked it against Alabama, but is said to be okay, and he practiced Sunday. But, I mean, consider this. I mean, Martin is only averaging nine snaps per game. Those aren't yeah. carries. Those are nine snaps per game. Um, and then, of course – And most of the important games this season, he's not 
played. Yeah, other than uh, A&M. Um, right. He played a little bit more than usual in that one and played well. Um, I think they wanted to do that anyway because uh, it was his home state and uh, the game was kind of in hand in the third quarter anyway. Um, anyway, but, you know, Auburn's had this reliance ever since Gus Maslon's gotten here on one running back by the end of the year. Um, 2013 with Trey Mason, it worked. Uh, though Trey Mason was getting banged up, he had a wrist problem for most of the last month of the season and in going into the national championship game. But he powered through it. Obviously, a wrist is not important to how powerful you're running, though it, it does affect how you can carry the ball. But he powered through it. But the thing with carry-on with the shoulder injury, and you mentioned this on a Facebook Live we did Sunday night, um, you know, carry-on plays quite a bit, and he moves forward quite a bit in the pile by using his upper body um, yeah. because he's not a bigger guy, but he's – He's got some big. He's got some good upper body strength, and he's that's why those shoulders have kind of taken a a battering here of late. Yeah, and you know, Georgia knows what the injury is, so they're going to be pulling and pushing and hitting and trying to do whatever they can to, uh, you know, within the legal limits, <laughs> aggravate that injury a little bit, and it's going to be tough on him. Uh, you know, Georgia's pretty good defense and, you know, had struggled against Auburn, but they're they're a hard hitting team and they got some athletes and uh it could it could get interesting for him. So you know, Carrion comes out, they think he's okay, and three plays in, you never know, right? I mean, just he takes a bad hit or he's trying to push somebody off and tweaks it. Uh that's the problem with the injury, really, that even if he's good enough to go, how much can you get out of him? Yeah, and of course Cameron Petway is out for this game. Uh, to be, he was officially ruled out Sunday. I'd be surprised if he uh, plays at all the remainder of the season, uh, based off what I'm hearing. But now Auburn, if if Carryon can't go, uh, you turn to Cam Martin, you turn to Malik Miller, you t- turn to Devin Barrett. As I mentioned, Martin's numbers: Miller uh, only has 65 snaps this season, and Barrett only has 40. Um, and when Barrett has come in, he's kind of been a uh, very much a package type guy. They just throw these yeah. screens or throw these balls out of the backfield to him. Um, he's not running the ball quite a bit uh, as much. Um, and if you look at the pro football focus grades, kind of looking at how these guys stack up, it's amazing how, uh, well, one, we all know Carrion's been doing great, but Carrion has a 90.6 overall grade, which is well into the NFL ready category according to pro football focus he ranks fourth nationally among all running backs with just grading out game to game um but the big thing for him it's not just rushing but he has an 80.4 pass blocking grade um, yeah that's pretty good which is 31st among running backs across the country but um he's gotten better of late doing that here in the last month and a half and he has picked up some really some blitzes and has protected Jarrett Stidham quite a bit and I don't think Cam Martin, being the smaller guy he is, or Devin Barrett, or Malik Miller can do that. In fact, you look at their pass blocking grades; it's you know it's fifteen points uh, lower. Right. Devin, Devin Barrett doesn't even register because he's yet the pass block. Um, so, <laughs> well, it shows you just how uh, confident the coaching staffs are in carry on that to the detriment of or not detriment, but. Just to the, they're not going to use anybody else, and they haven't had, and now that kind of puts them in a rough situation, just because they're probably they're probably don't have very much confidence in any of those guys as much as they do to carry on to pass block. Well, I'll say this, you know, there's 
there's obviously bad with this if Carrion can go. Then there's some good that maybe they can do some different things in the run game that they haven't quite done a lot that might catch Georgia off guard and attack some of their weaknesses. Uh, I will say this. Auburn did have some success running wide on Georgia. And, yeah. you know, Cam and, and Barrett. And then obviously Eli Stove, we forget about him. You know, he's a receiver, but they do a lot of jet sweeps with him. That That's kind of what they could do is their strength. Cam Martin is really explosive, and if he gets going, I think he could be a very good running back. I just don't know if he's durable enough. Say he gets to carry 14 in that game, is he, you know, worn down? Is Does he still have that explosiveness? That's my question about him. Yeah, or do they just try to go do more through the air and try to – shake it up that way i mean it'll be interesting to see if they're worried about what they can get from carry on do they just kind of go the other way with it don't try to get 20 carries from a guy just you know do the passing game and use some of the guys that way too because uh, they do like those you know screens and things like that and get people involved so i was told by someone uh sunday night uh that knows someone very powerful uh so it's like second third hand info but they believe uh, that Auburn's going to be able to throw the ball all over Georgia if they want to in this game. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Based off of what they've done this season, what Auburn's done this season, and what Georgia has not been able to do in pass coverage. Um, and that's kind of, you know, if carry-on can't go, you figure that the game would rely more, obviously, on your sec- on your other big star, and that's, that's uh, Jarrett Stidham. The question is, is, can other receivers step up? I mean, Ryan Davis has been phenomenal uh, Darius Slayton's had some good games, but outside that, Auburn needs a guy like a Nate Craig Myers, even a Will Hastings, who's kind of fallen off the map other than that one catch in the Iron Bowl. They need a third guy to step up because um, it's very clear that if you defend those two guys very well uh, in Slayton and Davis, uh, you could really frustrate Auburn's offense. And if Johnson is not able to, to play and run the ball, that makes things even tougher on Jared Stone. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a clear pecking order. I mean, 69 catches for Ryan Davis. And Eli Stove has 27, but a lot of those are almost like handoffs because they're considered front passes. So, uh, you know, Will Hastings has 20 catches, but let me look how many he has. Four going back five weeks, so he's basically not even averaging a catch a game going back to that LSU game. Right. Uh, And that was the last time he had more than one catch in a game. He's basically disappeared. So, um yeah, I'd lo- I'd load up on Ryan Davis and just kind of watch Darius deep and try to let it, somebody else beat me because Carrion's one of their best pass threats too. Uh, right, he wasn't yeah. involved. Uh, and he's got twenty one catches this year, and, and a lot of them have come recently. So, because um, Nate Craig hasn't, like you said, stepped up to the point where, other than blocking, uh, you don't really see a role for him in the passing game very much. And ball security, we haven't talked about that. Ball security is so important. Carrion Johnson's been fantastic this season doing that. And Cam Martin, one of the other knocks on him is ball security. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a guy who fumbled in the offseason quite a bit. And um, I'll say this. I mean, Tim Horton's got a heck of a coaching job ahead of him this week uh, going into this game, one way or the other, whether it's Carrion's healthy or not. And to just see what does it do to the coaching staff because sometimes uh, Gus gets a little rattled uh, when these things kind of happen, and he's been very good, obviously, uh, putting you know letting Chip do whatever he wants and the game plans they've come up with, and it'll be interesting to see what happens here because uh, this is a pretty big stage, obviously, and uh, Carry On is seventy five percent of their offense almost basically. 
Yeah, and and a carry on at seventy five percent health is not great because we saw him when he's. I mean, even when he was hampered with the hamstring, he didn't have that explosiveness. Still was getting yards, but uh, wasn't as powerful. Um, but uh, they really need him on the field, and I, you know. I think Carrion's going to try to play. They're going to try and put him out there, but uh, there has to be a point where you go, we don't want to ruin this kid's future um, if he's too injured. But Carrion's got to right. realize that too, because Carrion, I think if Carrion's arm was like literally falling off, he'd probably still try to play. Um, and the problem is, you just we don't have any idea what the injury is. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> another thing. I mean, it's guys, it's been really quiet, like trying to figure uh, out info about this. You know, he says it's banged up, but I mean, literally, I. That could mean it's broken. I mean, you know, it's like he's not going to say one way or the other. You know, it's like it could be separate shoulder, it could be a collarbone, it could be just like you, like he said, it banged up. But I mean, it could be obviously more serious. But I mean, we'll never know until after. Yeah. So um, that's the problem with trying to say maybe they'll get this, that, and the other. I mean, look, if he has a hurt collarbone, there's no way they're going to get much out of him. You know, it's like yeah, that's a lot different than a shoulder. Um, yeah. But I don't have any idea. I mean, that was the same hit, you know, hit area where he got, he got, he got hit pretty good. Yes, he he was drilled uh, <laughs> he on got that hit pretty good goal line. It was a clean hit, you know, shoulder to shoulder. Um, and he wasn't moving it much after that. Uh, credit to him for staying in that game. Um, but yeah, you know, then he had to come out because he was in so much pain. So. Um, It'll be interesting. You know, I was told today, but I'll share this. I was told today by one source that the injury is actually an old injury for him. Hmm. I don't know what that means because I don't remember there being a shoulder injury in his past. He injured his shoulder, yeah, his freshman year. Remember, he had surgery after. That's right. Uh, well, I was thinking more like this season or the off season. Yeah, that's right, freshman year. Freshman year after freshman year, he had surgery that's right. going to spring practice. That's what they meant by old, which is like. Ancient. That's, that's ancient at this point, yeah. But, but, I mean, that was his shoulder. That's interesting. Hmm. Maybe Hard to remember because that was such a long so time So long ago. ago. What exactly was injury. that? Let's do some live Googling. <laughs> what was They that? never discussed it. They never discussed it. And then they all of a sudden, surgery. shoulder surgery. Remember? Because he had all those injuries at the end of his freshman year. Yeah. So they wouldn't say what happened. And then he all of a sudden had... Uh, and he missed basically everything except, I think, to the last practice after spring, the game. Then, right. then he played. Um, but, yeah, that was his Yeah, I just found my old story on this. Uh, wow, that's so long ago. <laughs> he was just like their wildcat guy. Um, and they only called it, like, minor surgery. I don't even think they said what it was. Yeah, I don't know. My first report on it. Uh, was a source says it's shoulder surgery, and now I remember this because I remember they want to get into specifics with me. Yeah, they called them a. I'm reading your story too. A procedure. Yeah, a procedure. <laughs> and then they weren't ready to rule him out for spring practice. Then he missed all of spring practice. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if that that's a good thing or bad thing. Probably a bad thing. <laughs> probably a bad thing if it's a. Who knows, man? That's a. That's tough. Um, really tough. I'm looking at some other stories. Uh, but yeah, that was his. That was the yeah, because he missed everything except I think he pl- he did he went through the last practice after they had the spring game. Yeah, right. Okay, well we'll we'll find out Saturday. I don't think we're gonna get a. I, to be honest, I don't think the coaches are gonna know till probably Friday night. 
or Saturday yeah. morning, to be quite honest. And I know everybody wants the info, but I think this is a legitimate, like one of those things where just the coaches are preparing to play without him. He's not going to practice this week. There's no way they make him practice, even if he says he feels good. Um, and they'll just wait till Friday night or Saturday to figure it out. Um, well, it's interesting. They're going to practice like they're without him, and Georgia's going to practice like they're playing with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, that sure. that gives Auburn a little bit of advantage just because sure. they know what they've got in carry on, and carry on knows the offense, and him not practicing all week's not going to hurt him. No, uh, at all. Um, we'll see though. Um, after the SEC championship game, of course, Auburn will figure out if it's going to play. I mean, if Auburn wins, they're going to the playoff. Um, if they lose, they're probably they're probably going to go to New Year's Six game. But at, immediately after that. Um, SEC championship game going into next week, I think that's when we'll start finally hearing some information whether or not Auburn's really pushing hard to give Gus Malzahn a raise and or a contract extension. As it stands now, I spoke to Jay Jacobs Saturday after the game. Uh, I talked to President Leith's uh, uh, office. They said that yes, Jay will, Jay Jacobs will handle any contract discussions with Gus Malzahn. Um, but he will talk to President Leith if needed uh, when it comes to big decisions with the contract. But JJ, it's up to Jay Jacobs to initiate that discussion, um, which is interesting because Jay Jacobs is on his way out, obviously. And based on everything we know, Jay Jacobs and Gus Malzahn aren't exactly talking a lot uh, right now. They're not on the best of terms. So next week could be interesting. I, you know, when I was talking to Jay, it was so interesting because he said, you know, we're going to do everything we can, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, but you never know. You know, a week from now, everything could change. And that was a very strange answer uh, to mm-hmm. me. Um, that, that was the answer of an athletics director who's just like, well, you know, I'm on my way out, so we'll see. Um, very weird answer. But everything going around with this athletic department is weird. Uh, right. It's weird that Stephen Leith would just sort of hands off i mean because it, it, it makes no sense because if he has to get approval from Stephen leaf in the first place to make the deal why wouldn't just Stephen leaf do it you know yeah I don't essentially know. right I, like yeah well Gus says to jay i want four years and jay's like well okay i gotta go check with my boss right <laughs> and then again maybe Stephen leaf has laid out some, will lay some out some parameters. parameters yeah maybe but uh my 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 understanding is Stephen leaf and jay jacobs as of this weekend had not talked about it, um, but uh, I don't think they're doing much talking in general. No, <laughs> uh, between uh, Jay and President Leith and Jay and Gus Malzahn, that's a weird uh, situation. President Leith likes Gus Malzahn, of course, but uh, yeah. Jay's just the the sooner Jay leaves, the better for Auburn. Well, he's a lame duck. It's like a, any kind of presidency where you're kind of waiting, you're ter- finishing your term out, but you have no real power, right? I mean, well, the president has power. He doesn't have much. No, power. no, I'm saying Jay Jacobs. I'm just saying he has no, can't really do anything. Well, I thought you were talking about like a like a president of the United States just going, well, my term's ending. I don't have any power. Well, he can pardon Jay can pardon people. I think this was, yes in the last month of his yeah. contract. But Let's do this. In, uh, yeah, so. Maybe he should pardon Dangel Purifoy, which is a nice transition. We call there it. There you go. We call it a segue. Hashtag, Hashtag free Dangel. Yeah. yeah. What is going on there? Uh, uh, Monday afternoon was kind of interesting on that front. Uh, basketball program, of course. Everybody, Dangel Purifoy and Austin Wiley are still not playing at this point as the Auburn internal investigation continues, which is, of course, stemmed from the uh, FBI investigation and the arrest of former assistant coach Chuck Person. What's the latest there? It seems to be getting just stranger by that day. 
Yeah, well, you know, we're kind of one game left in December. They played Dayton Thursday, uh, Wednesday. Um, so I kind of asked uh, Bruce after practice, just, uh, you know, these kids are human, right? Are they starting to get frustrated? This is, you know, you're kind of approaching the point where you're almost a third of the way through the season. Like, what's their kind of uh, – where are they at mentally? You know, what are they are they still okay, still focused, still wanting to come back or have doubts or, you know, what, what where are they? And Bruce, you know, gave his optimistic spin and said, you know, we're getting closer and they're staying right and they're getting ready and they know so much about the process. I think they're okay. And then literally, (laughs) there's a couple of quarters in the workroom as everybody's kind of finished writing up that story that they're in a good mindset. Danielle Purifoy tweets, I just want to be happy doing what I love, but this taking the love away from me. And he, uh, a fan asked, what is? And he said, waiting to play. I've been through this before, and I'm starting to feel mistreated. Uh, those tweets are still up, not deleted. Um, but mistreated is a strong word, I think, uh, considering where they're at. And um, he was referring to, D'Angelo set out his first year on campus because of uh, academic eligibility issues. Um, so you can, uh, can kind of see the cracks starting to show. And this is kind of what I was talking to with with about Bruce that they at some point they're going to get sick of sitting out uh, and want to play basketball. Well, the semester is coming to an end. And... Uh, that is a date that is on the calendar, <laughs> and that if he finishes the semester, what then uh, for both of them? Um, and I'm not. And, and my point was like, look, they, it makes sense for them to want to go elsewhere because uh, why would you sit and wait and maybe never have a chance to play again? Um, and I think you can kind of see with these tweets that. Maybe they think that as well, even though Bruce protests a little. Well, Bruce is going to be extremely positive about everything at all times because he's a marketer. Uh, that's his background. That's what I said on the board when people asked about it. It's like, look, he's going to give the most positive spin at all times. Yes. Um, and maybe part, part of him believes it, maybe. Uh, but at the same time, I think you have to start worrying that as this drags on into its second month of the season, really the third month total, that you're running out of time to try to keep these kids here. I agree with that, especially Wiley, because um, that's that's a kid who could obviously go overseas uh, next semester, go play, and then go to the NBA. Um, well, D'Angelo could go overseas. I mean, NBA, right. he's a little more of a long shot, but he right. can make money playing overseas. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any question. Um, and the idea, I mean, look, and if he wants to get drafted, he doesn't have sort of, enough of, I think, a, a body of work to do that. Um, and so it would benefit him, too. Uh, you know, Wiley, people are going to take a chance on a guy that size. Um, well, Purifoy probably needs to get some more work in, and sitting on the bench isn't going to do him any good. No. Nope. Play scout team, you know. Right. Um, and that they're in, as of today, they're still not eligible. So, yeah. uh, well, I, w- I want to hit on this quickly, um, Mike. This was the season Auburn was supposed to break through, you know, and we all know that. Um, meanwhile, it seems like the rest of the SEC has moved on and is much better. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, Kentucky doing what it's doing. Kentucky probably is not the best team in the conference right now. Florida is. Florida played Duke a couple times real close in some really good games. Tennessee's been knocking off some folks. They look pretty good. Arkansas, my, and I haven't looked at their rankings, but they're probably a borderline top 25 team. They just beat UConn by 35 points. Um, and then Alabama, uh, outside of, you know, have to play five on three the other night, 
They're pretty good, obviously. Um, this is an SEC, and Texas A&M, of course. This is an SEC that has four to five really, really good teams that right now you would just simply say those are NCAA tournament teams. And Auburn was supposed to be borderline that, and I don't think Auburn's anywhere near that line right now. No, no, they're not. And they know that. And I think, you know, Bruce said today, like, look, they'd be if they had Wiley on the floor, uh, they'd be a totally different team. Um, it's just – and nobody's going to match up with them in the SEC or, you know, and, and – and, uh, just gives you a totally different look and changes the way and makes everybody better because you're playing, you know, Horace Spencer can just do what he does, rebounding and blocking shots where he doesn't have to be the focal point of anything. You know, it could be Wiley's team, really. Because um, right now they're just relying on jump shooters to get hot, and eventually that's not going to work against better teams. No, it's not. And that's an approach they've had to use in the past couple of years. Um, it got and them. look, they'll win a game or two just because Bryce Brown hits six threes right. and Mustafa does that. But I mean, that's not your, you know, that's not what Bruce wanted to do well, this year. That's how they got to the SEC tournament uh, semifinal. Uh, you know, his first year, they're just just caught know, fire caught for fire. two games. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that's not long term sustainable, especially no. when you're thin and you're playing a six three power forward as your starting power forward. Um, it's just going to catch up to you. Well, my understanding is is my 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 feeling, and based off what I was being told, whatever's going on between President Leith and Bruce Pearl, we've all I've discussed this. How Pearl, I mean Leith sent out a email saying that uh, he's disturbed or troubled or whatever that Bruce Pearl won't talk to him. Then you see him this past Saturday talking at the Charles Barkley statue unveiling. Um, I suspect something's going to be hammered out between the two of them somehow, some way this week. And what that results in, I do not know. But and Bruce I did Pearl, ask, yeah, Bruce for what it's worth, I did ask about the emails. Uh, <laughs> and Bruce smiled and took it, said that he, he's been treated fairly and talk, Dr. Leaf's in a tough spot. Uh, Got to give him credit for uh, trying to push through it publicly, at least. Um because we had a second email confirmed too, and so it sounded like there. I mean, who knows how many he sent? But and Bruce has tried to handle this all internally, and Stephen Lee's gone kind of the opposite direction. And I was just like, is that upsetting? You know, is that frustrating? And he just said, no, it's the, I trust the administration. So uh, weird. Yeah, um, I, just things aren't just things are not looking good for the basketball program. And on top of it, even if they get past that, you still who knows what that means for the if the where are the kids at? Because there's no tangible, uh, there's no next step yet. You know, we don't know. There's no, they're not moving on this thing. We don't know what that needs to be done. So, who knows? And I think you're just running out of time. I think every game you yep. miss is a game away from them saying, "Look, my heart's here, but I mean, I gotta, you know, I gotta think about my future." Right. Play me. I mean, I can't just sit here and do nothing for four months, you know. So I don't think you can blame the kids. I I, I couldn't either. Okay, let's move on to listener questions. Uh, first off, we start with Rusty Owens on Twitter. If Auburn wins the SEC championship, what do you think the odds are that they play Bama again in the playoff? And could zero. they beat them again? Yeah, I'd say zero unless it's a national championship game. I think the that the only way Alabama gets in the playoff at this point is if Ohio State beats Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship, and there's an argument there between a one, 
loss uh, Alabama and a one loss uh, uh, Wisconsin that both did not win their conference championships. The problem with Bama is they didn't even win their division. So I don't know. That could be a possibility for Alabama to maybe get in at that point. But um, Auburn would have to win the SEC title as well if, uh, to uh, get Alabama in. Well, so. and it, w- it would help them if so. If Auburn would have to win, and then I mean, if they could get like Clemson and Oklahoma and Wisconsin to all lose, <laughs> maybe yeah. it opens up a slot because yeah. that could theoretically happen. Uh, they just need yeah. as much chaos as they can, except for uh, Auburn. Yeah. If Auburn loses, I think that sinks. Right, Alabama. Alabama. Um, they would need Auburn to win and everybody else to lose. You know what? We have not had a chaotic final uh, championship weekend since the playoffs started. Maybe this is the year. Yeah. I mean, it could be also very easy. I mean, whoever wins the SEC and then if uh, Clemson, Oklahoma, and uh, Wisconsin all win, I mean, that's done. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, It'll be interesting to hear what the uh, Kirby Hoka, the playoff committee, has to say Tuesday night uh, on the second-to-last rankings before – the championship games this coming week. Um, uh, ben asked, Hey guys, who do you think will get more yards in the rematch with Georgia? A banged up carry on Johnson or all of Georgia's running backs combined who only had 46 yards uh, against Auburn the first time. Of course, that's Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb. Uh, I'd say the two Georgia running backs. I, yeah, I'd take the field. Well, he didn't just say the two. He said all of them. So I'll take all of them. Right, right. Because um, listen, um, uh, it's even, you know, Kevin Steele said this. I mean, it's going to be hard to duplicate what they did defensively against Georgia, especially yeah. against that running attack. I mean, 46 yards for Sonny Michelle. they can have a good game and limit those guys to 150, and Carrion right. has 15 carries for 60. You know, it's like right. there's a lot of space there for, um, you know, Auburn can still look good, and they could still outrun Carrion by a wide margin. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh. Rusty asks, is Tennessee going to hire Gus? No. Uh, <laughs> on a serious note, Rusty says, what happens if Georgia shuts down Ryan Davis? That's a great question because Ryan Davis has not really been shut down when they Stop, have targeted him. And if they were to shut him down, I, I think that that really hurts Auburn. and It makes him one-dimensional, to be quite honest. Well, like you said, you need somebody else to step up. And we haven't uh, quite seen that other than Darius Slate. No. So, um, yeah, if they shut him down and nobody else is consistent, yeah, then then Auburn's in for some problems because I mean, he's uh eleven for eleven on targets last week, uh, and he's had what more than six catches half the games this year. So yeah, he's he's pretty he's had a pretty good streak here. Justin asks if Carryon cannot play, will we see more Malik Willis packages? Uh, maybe for a player maybe, too. Maybe see him in a wildcat spot, but yeah. I don't think it's going to be a. Uh, he gets 10 snaps or something like that. Yeah, I mean, listen, um, he got a snap against Alabama, and that play could have worked if the blocking was better, but Auburn had quickly uh, ditched that after that didn't work. So, Right. Uh, Joe asked, do you see Auburn limiting Georgia to under 100 yards rushing? Uh, it's possible, but I, I find it difficult to see them being able to do it this time. It's going to be a different atmosphere. It's going to be a heavy Georgia atmosphere, and uh, Georgia is going to make some adjustments. But Auburn's, I mean, I don't doubt Auburn's defense, you know. I, they, yeah. they just continue to dominate. I mean, who knows? Um, Joe Simmons asks, Cameron Petway's return is expected to be four weeks at the earliest. There's been any report 
on the injury being worse than thought. Like I said, I, I, he's not going to play in the SEC championship game, and I don't think he's going to play the rest of the year. Pretty so, definitive. Yeah, I, 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 that's my thought. Let's see what else we got here. If someone were to have a breakout game Saturday, who would I be? Asks Alex. Mm, Cam Martin, maybe. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think there's going to be an opportunity for somebody crazy like a Marquise McLean, if that's kind of what he's asking, because uh, yeah. they're way past that point in the season. Yep, I agree with that. Um, let's see if we got anything else. Doop, doop, doop. Nope, that's it. So anything going on else that you want to talk about, Mike? Uh, No. No? My throat is on fire, so yeah, and I'm, I shut things down. I'm starting to get sick, too. I got a fever, so... Mm. Not good. Not great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, we might be hacking it up uh, in our That's hotel room. That's going to be good. Saturday and uh, Friday, whatever that is. Anyway, okay, so that's going to do it for this episode of the Auburn Undercover Podcast presented by WeHaveDonuts.com. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll probably re- we will return later this week, do another podcast uh, after uh, Auburn's upcoming basketball game and, of course, as Auburn gets closer to the SEC championship game. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Go to auburnundercover.com for complete coverage.